Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Please don't go. I need you so I... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Feminist Hot Dog, the podcast about finding joy through feminism and living your best feminist life. Today, I am celebrating, and I invite you to celebrate with me because I just finished the first draft of the Feminist Hot Dog book and sent it to my publisher, Lit Riot Press. And so I am both really proud of myself and also incredibly relieved that I actually did it because... It took me almost a year and there were honestly times when I didn't think I could do it or I just didn't want to do it, but I did it. And it will be coming to you hopefully in January of 2021. So to honor this milestone and in honor of National Poetry Month as well, which is now almost over, I wanted to do an episode about books and reading, conversations about how people are drawing inspiration from the written word during the COVID-19 pandemic. So today you'll hear three conversations with four brilliant women who are purveyors of words in one form or another. And a couple of things I wanted to say before we start. One, I know not everyone has extra time to read right now, and not everyone wants to read right now. And it is in no way my intention to try to shame anyone into reading. And even if you're not reading, there's lots to entertain you in this episode, including a live original poetry reading later on from Ang Bin Salim. Personally, I love the idea of reading for liberation and using this time to fill my mind with the voices and ideas of women and queer and gender nonconforming people and black and indigenous people of color. To me, this feels like a psychic roadmap for future building, since these are the people I want to see leading. Two quick recommendations of books I've been enjoying before we jump into the interviews. One is a fiction book called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo, which weaves the stories of 12 mostly Black and British women and non-binary characters. It is a really delightful novel. I mean, I guess you would call it a novel. Her writing is very unconventional in terms of the structure. Some of it is prose and some of it is poetry. There's very little punctuation. And it's not a linear story all the way through the book, but it is a very readable and accessible book. And it's a page turner. I've been enjoying it a lot. It's really compelling. It's what I needed to read right now. The other is a book by Mickey Kendall called Hood Feminism, which is a collection of essays about issues that mainstream feminism neglects to fight for because they don't affect white women to the same degree that they affect women of color. I just started it and I'm really enjoying it and I highly encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to read this book. It will help you understand the need for intersectional feminism in a very concrete way. Speaking of intersectional feminism, I am very excited to introduce my first guest, Steph Bernal Martinez. Steph is an organizer and a photographer and she's also a co-founder of a bookstore here in Montgomery called 1977 Books, which incidentally is where I purchased Hood Feminism. 1977 Books is chock full of amazing and inspiring titles on race and class and immigration and feminism and womanism and workers' rights and criminal justice reform 
and queer culture and ability and the intersection of all of those things. It is very much a space created by, for, and about the community. And so I invited Steph to talk about how she and other volunteers who run the bookstore are pivoting in this moment and some of the ways that they see people relying on books as they find their way forward during the pandemic. Here's Steph explaining the store's origin story and its mission. 1977 Books is an abolitionist bookstore in downtown Montgomery, Alabama. When we started, we started as a book club that gathered around the text called How We Get Free. And in the book, How We Get Free, it includes the statement from the Kambahi River Collective, which is a group of black feminists who published a statement in 1977, hence the 1977 books, outlining the pathway for getting free and is really just that particular statement is the the basis of intersectional feminism. And so we started as a book club that read that and turned into this bookstore because of just the excitement and joy and the all of the things that the book club itself brought to us in our community. And we've been running for a little less than a year. So we opened in September officially. So it's only been, we were only an in-person bookstore for about six-ish months, six, seven months before we decided in early March to go ahead and close as a precaution to COVID-19. And we have not yet been open since then. Right now, we're sort of figuring out how to go forward in this particular moment when so much of our work as a bookstore was not only about slinging books and getting books into people's hands, but it was also about building community and having space for people to build community. Um, There isn't a lot of options for public space in Montgomery when it comes to spaces that are safe for all people or safe as can be. And so that's something we're really struggling with. So I just wanted to name that because it's so connected to our mission and what we're about that it's something I'm, I'm really working through at the moment. So obviously people aren't attending, as you said, any of the in-person events or buying books in person, but they can still access books through 1977 books. Can you talk about how you've adjusted? Totally. So we are volunteer run. So all of us, including my partner, Allison and I, who who work the bookstore, um, are all volunteers. And so our volunteer team quickly helped put all of our or most of our inventory on our website, a website that wasn't even a commerce website at first. And so now we have, that's just say now we do have a commerce website and folks are able to buy books through 1977books.com, which is which has been really lovely. And, and we've made space for folks to request books, which has also been really lovely because it lets people actually get the books that they want and support us in, in our work. And so that's the way that we've transitioned primarily is like being able to do the selling of books online. We've also offered a couple of events around National Poetry Month. So we've been doing some poetry sharing and we even had a little, a small Zoom poetry reading where we just had folks read to each other, which has been really lovely. And we're looking forward to other months, other themed months in the next, you know, as long as as long as this is going to be our way of life, we're looking for ways to do digital programming. And next month, particularly, we'll be celebrating Asian American History Month and doing some projects with a couple of folks uh, in the community. 
I'm curious to know if you've noticed anything about the kinds of books that people are ordering right now. If, is there a particular kind of reading support that that you're noticing people are needing? Yeah, so I would not say that uh, folks are reading any specific genre or anything like that, but it has been kind of uh, telling or interesting when people order things like Octavia Butler or <laughs> um, a couple of folks specifically asked me to order more Octavia Butler. And I'm like, this is very appropriate for our moment. Just in case folks are not familiar with Octavia Butler, she was a famous and multi-award winning African-American science fiction writer and an important voice in the realm of Afrofuturist thought and aesthetic. I will link some information about her and her books in the show notes. I think I always want folks to be able to read her work and and to use it to challenge our thinking and also to think forward about our future and the world that we actually want to create. And so that has been interesting for me. Outside of that, people all over the country have been asking us to curate boxes of books. So like, can you put this together for my nephew who is reading in California? Or can you put this together for my best friend who is reading in Arizona? And that has been really sweet is like listening to people tell us about their loved ones and then being able to choose books based off of that. That's been like actually a, a really big piece of what we've been doing right now that I find to be quite lovely. Not everyone is reading right now, but I'm curious to know if you are finding yourself reading, and if so, what are you reading? The book that I have mostly been reading for the past maybe three months that I keep picking up and putting down and picking up is a book by Alex Vitel, and he's a, a, a scholar, a researcher, and an organizer in, in Brooklyn. And he wrote a book called The End of Policing, which is kind of a scary title or a, a jarring title that might not land well for a lot of readers or who might pass it up because like it sounds so outrageous. But I keep returning to that book because the case that he makes in The End of Policing is, is one that I want to think about and want to build, especially in this COVID world where... I want to think about what it would look like to have a world where people get their needs met. And and that's something I'm really struggling with right now as we watch responses to, to COVID sort of rely on some carceral solutions. So like, for example, arresting people who don't necessarily follow the rules around quarantine or um, who don't follow the rules around like nighttime curfews or things like that. And it's been hurting my heart to think that like, our systems are more inclined to punish behaviors like this than than to educate folks and to provide resources for folks. And so even like more now than ever, I've been returning to the book, The End of Policing and thinking about like, what do I need to do in my community in order to build the systems that we need so that we don't run to punishment and to hurting people and our response isn't relying on that. Another book that I just started in the past couple of weeks is called Beyond Survival. And it's about mostly about uh, strategies in this transformative justice movement, things that people have done in order to build the world that we want to see. So, you know, going back to what Alex Vitel wrote about. And both of these took two books together have been helping me think through all of that and allowing me to have some hope. I've been speaking to a lot of people lately who are using this time both consciously and unconsciously to imagine 
a different future, one is one that is more just, one that is more interdependent. So I would love to hear some of your favorite feminist or just generally like emancipatory reading recommendations for folks who might be thinking in this direction or wanting to use this time to sort of stoke their imaginations in that way. I want people to read the Kambahi River Collective Statement. You can read it on the internet. It's not a book. It's something that you can literally Google and read on the internet. If you want to read commentary on it, then you can get the book version, which is what we talked about earlier called How We Get Free. And I think that that for me is a starting place for thinking about how there were folks in the year 1977 and long before too who had a roadmap for us, who, who showed us like, here, here's the paper, here's how we do this, and how we've maybe either strayed from that plan or even not considered or integrated that plan in our, in our daily lives, in our, in our feminist principles, if you will. And so I would start with there. If I could just like really emphasize the necessity of reading the Kambahi River Collective Statement, that would be good for me. Like if everyone did that, I think it'd be a game changer. A huge thank you to Steph for taking the time to talk about 1977 books. You can follow the store on social media, especially Instagram. Their Instagram is gorgeous and really worth having in your life. And of course, you can sign up to learn more about events and new books. And most importantly, right now, order books at 1977books.com instead of using Amazon. Steph also wanted me to mention the Montgomery, Alabama bailout fund which is working hard for the release of as many people from jail as possible right now. Um, This is ongoing work. But as Steph told me, there is no way to keep people in cages safe from the virus. And keeping people in jail right now is exacerbating a public health crisis. So if you would like to support this work, go to mgmbailout.com. My next guest will be familiar to diehard feminist hot dog listeners as she was the star of a season one episode, The Voice of Her Generation, Ang Bean Salim. She is a writer of poetry and screenplays, as well as a graphic designer and a digital strategy expert based in New York City. Although right now she's waiting out the pandemic with her family in Philadelphia. I invited Ang Bean to come on the show specifically to talk about poetry and the role of poetry in her life in general, but especially right now. She just finished a draft of her first poetry manuscript as part of a year-long program she's working to help her produce her first book. Here's Ang Bean talking about that process. From talking to other poets, it takes so long to get to any kind of final draft. So I'm I'm excited about it because I've never written this many poems so quickly. And I never thought I would have like a book of like, you know, 40 to 50 poems that I'm like, oh, I wrote these. This is kind of cool. So that's exciting. It's been very uh, rewarding. And I've learned a lot about writing in the past year. I've been in a class with Angel Nafis, who's an amazing poet who everyone should check out. And my classmates were amazing and it, it, it's been such a great experience and also like so hard. I'm like, <laughs> I was, I've been really struggling, uh, but in a good way, in a way that's like pushing my boundaries. I am 
kind of a poetry novice, but I really love the poetry that you post on Instagram. And there have been several moments in the past few weeks that you shared some pieces that really kind of gave me moments of clarity or comfort or inspiration. And so since we're talking about the written word today, I just wanted to ask you to talk about the role that poetry plays in your life and your experience of this pandemic specifically. So I want to say that, like, I also feel very intimidated by poetry sometimes. I think when I started writing and reading poetry, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, And I know sometimes that can scare people away because it's a lot of folks are used to reading nonfiction or essays or novels and it's it's a completely different style so it it can be a little intimidating and i and i still find it intimidating sometimes i'm like what's going on in this poem um so i i definitely want to acknowledge that first i think for me i think like when i think about poetry what do I think about? I guess I, I think about getting close to a truth, not the truth, but a truth. And I think poems, because of their brevity and their form, they there's a way that they can accomplish that because there's more holes, like physical holes in the writing, like the lines can be short, there's stanzas. And I think it leaves a lot of room for the imagination. Uh, which is what's really exciting for me when I think about poetry, that there's places to insert, the reader has places to insert themselves in it. And I think there's so many times that poets can turn images into something more um, and use metaphors in a way that's like new and exciting that I think helps you think about things differently. When I'm writing poetry, what I try to think about is what is going to surprise me? I'm always thinking about myself in a way. I'm like, am I surprised by this poem? And am I excited by this poem? Am I surprised by the images that I came up with? And if there's no surprise, then it's like, I got to turn back to the drawing board, you know? And I think right now, a lot of us are trying to figure out what this means and what it doesn't mean and just like kind of deal and I think poetry has a huge role in that, in that it makes room for for us and it leaves room for surprise. Those are two really key components that I think about. Tell us a little bit about your journey as a poet. How did this come to be part of your identity? And, and were you always someone who read poetry and then became a writer of it? Or what was that story? Yeah, I started writing poetry when I was like pretty young and it was not it, it was not great. It was very short little poems and if someone wanted to they could probably find some poems online on Fiction Press if they did some deep digging. But I started writing poems like when I was in middle school, then I stopped and then actually when I moved to Montgomery, that's when I started picking up poetry again. I would write like little captions with my Instagram posts and then I would start writing outside of my Instagram posts. And then I started taking an online workshop with Paul Tran, who's an amazing poet y'all should check out. And since then, it's just been like kind of full speed ahead. I've been taking, I've taken a few workshops since then. I'm, 
I went to a writing retreat and I'm in this work, this like year long workshop now and hoping to be in a couple more workshops later this year. I feel like my poetry journey in some ways is very new because I didn't really start writing seriously till maybe 2015. So it feels like I just got into this. I didn't take poetry classes in college. It's not something I went to school for. So I feel very new to it. And I'm still learning about what kind of poet I am and what kind of poetry I like reading, which makes it exciting. And I think because it's something new, I like working with poems because a lot of times I'm just writing in my notes app and it feels so accessible compared to like, you know, editing a film, a short film or doing graphic design. I write poems in the subway. Sometimes I write poems at work. It feels like it's something I can do everywhere, uh, which is one thing I love about it. For our listeners who dabbled in reading or writing poetry, but don't have a lot of experience with this art form. Do you have any suggestions about how folks might start to cultivate their appreciation? Yes, definitely. I thought about this a little bit yesterday. One thing I would definitely recommend is another podcast called The Slowdown Show with Tracy K. Smith. She's the poet laureate of the United States. I think she's still the poet laureate. I'm not sure. And she she has a podcast where she reads one poem every day. So it's really short. Um, she does a little bit of talking and she reads a poem. And I think it's good for getting a flavor of different kinds of poets and poetry and finding out, you know, what are you most drawn to? Because I, I think we all hate to be forced to read something. So whenever someone says they want to get into it, I I want to expose them to as much as possible. So I definitely recommend that podcast. Haymarket Press has uh, the Breakbeat Poets Collection. Uh, There's three volumes. The first one, I think, is just Breakbeat Poets. The second one is Halal, If You Hear Me, which is um, mostly Muslim writers, Muslim women, queer, trans writers. And then the third volume is Latinx Poets. And so, again, like, I think collections that feature a range of voices are great in terms of figuring out, like, what do you like reading? So I I definitely recommend checking out one of those. And then the Versus podcast, which is hosted by Franny Choi and Danette Smith, they're both amazing poets. And they bring on one other poet guest and talk about poetry. And the guest usually reads a couple of poems. And it's also just fun. Like, they're really funny people. So it's, like, very approachable way to enter poetry and, like, and see what poets are thinking about when they're writing. And then I would also say, like, maybe checking out someone like Ross Gay. Um, He has a book called The Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude, which is, like, I won't say it's, like, all happy and sappy, (laughs) Um, but it's definitely worth checking out. He he's also he's a very lyrical and down to earth poet. I love reading him. And then if you want something that's like it has um, more of a storytelling feel, which may be helpful for some folks, um, it's called Deaf Republic by Ilya Kaminsky, and it's a poetry book and it's about a country where. There's been like kind of a revolution. A young man is shot 
and the whole country loses their ability to speak or hear and they have to communicate to each other with sign language and they have to like talk about this revolution without speaking so it's like a very interesting conceit for for a book so i think those those would kind of be my starter suggestions one other thing i actually wanted to say about the podcast is poetry is so much about listening and like hearing the words because sometimes i'll read a poem and if i don't say it out loud i'm like okay, that was an okay poem, that's fine. And then I read it out loud and I'm like, wait, that is a miracle. Do you have any poems that you would like to share with us today? Yes, I do have a a very shortish poem that I just wrote like last week. I've been doing like the 30, it's, it's National Poetry Month. So I've been trying to write one poem a day. And so I wrote this last week. I'm, I don't love it, but you know what? I'll give it a shot and I'll read it to you guys. It's called Werewolves Break the Simulation. My fangs glisten in the open air, carving the multiverse into termites, ready to destroy the empire's greed built. It is time only to covet that which cannot be seen. Wrench this world from this world, pull it from its silken entrails, Hold up the crooning ghost, the sun-kissed wisp of memory, scrap by scrap, gasp by gasp, howling a longing prayer to the moon half-dressed in smoke. We kneel together, circled up, gazing, take away the moon, and we bow to each other's hearts. Wow, I know what you mean about hearing it out loud versus reading it on a page because as I was listening to you I was I like went to another place and then had to come back yeah it's like a very different experience to listen to poetry that was like kind of creepy and scary (laughs) (laughs) but like really but also really beautiful and wonderful thank you so much you're welcome I tried to pick something that was slightly uplifting (laughs) but you know you got to mix the not uplifting in there that's right well different people find different things uplifting right (laughs) yes indeed i hope you found angvin as uplifting as i did and as i always do a big thanks to her for coming back on the show today i asked angvin to recommend an organization that she supports and that needs extra resources during the pandemic and she told me about daisy's rising up and moving a New York City-based organization working primarily in Queens and the Bronx. They support South Asian immigrants who are working class or undocumented, and especially folks who can't get support from the government because of their status, or who are living in areas that are particularly hard hit by the virus. So check them out, Daisy's Rising Up and Moving. I will link their website in the show notes. Last but certainly not least, I had the pleasure this week of talking with Alana Bowman and Samra Michael, creators and co-hosts of the brand new podcast, She Well Read, officially launching in just about a week at the beginning of May. But if you want a preview of their first episode, I snuck the link into our show notes. I met Alana and Samra at the She Podcast convention in Atlanta last year, and I'm so excited about their show. It's an audio book club with a mission statement that I just love, empowering women 
to invest in themselves and each other. We were hoping to chat in person since they're right up the road in Birmingham. But even though we had to chat remotely, I was thrilled to talk to them about their new project and the connections they're forging between reading, podcasting, and empowerment. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and why you decided to start She Well Read. She Well Read was kind of uh, a creation between me and Lana, like at a sleepover, honestly. But it's something that we had been talking about because I had been watching Broad City and there's this kind of like running joke that one of the characters Abby needs to read more and whenever I would watch the show and hear that it would like really hit me that I was Abby and I need to read more because I loved to read so much as a kid and it was something that followed me into like teenager years but as I got to college the amount I read just completely dropped off and I barely ever picked up a book to like leisurely read I guess because I was just stressed out you know with like normal college things which is understandable from there I just knew I needed to take the time to pick up books make um, investing in myself just for fun a real thing that I sought out And so I had been talking to Lana about this, and she had just started listening to podcasts. I had like deep dived into the podcast world of listening to podcasts. (laughs) I was was telling everyone, oh my gosh, you've got to listen to podcasts. It's the greatest thing ever. She definitely took that idea and was like, wow, that would be a great idea for a podcast. What if we had a book club in a podcast? And I think I, I completely missed saying that I wanted to start a book club. But Lana took that idea and was like, wow, this could be a traveling thing. It's something that people could listen to in their car. Like if you don't have the time to actually meet with a group of people, you could just listen to it in podcast form. And that just kind of started the idea for She Well Read. We've been best friends for like five years now. So We've always been super close. And now that we have this podcasting endeavor, I feel like it's only bringing us closer. And I'm so excited to start this journey with her. Instant book club whenever you're ready for it. So great. Exactly. Tell me what you have been reading. Or first of all, have you been reading during this time? Because I know not everybody has, but I suspected that you two might be reading. Well, you suspected correctly. (laughs) Um, So I actually just ordered a whole series of books and then on top of that, two other books. And I already have three books at home that I've been saying I need to read. I've got lots of options. (laughs) You know, we don't know how long this is going to last. I'm going to need lots to read. So the series that I ordered actually is by one of my favorite authors. Her name's Kiara Cass and it's the Selection series. And oh my gosh, Samra's read it as well. They actually just announced that the selection is going to be turned into a movie on Netflix, which I was freaking out about. And I have a younger sister who is about the same age as when I started reading the series initially when it first came out. So I was like, I'm going to order the box set and then she can read it and I can reread it. So that's one of the things that I'm going to start reading. But what I've been reading lately is actually from another podcast that I listened to, um, My Favorite Murder. I'm not sure if you've been oh, with I, them. I'm a murderino for sure. love it love it so I've been reading their book stay sexy and don't get murdered and oh my goodness it's like reading the podcast in itself it's so much fun 
Um, I love how they blended kind of like the memoir vibe along with the, you know, tips and tricks that they always talk about on the show. Is it my turn? Well, first of all, Lana, I can't compete with your series of books as well as the other multiple books that you're reading. (laughs) Hey, hey, it's not a competition, man. Okay, cool. So this isolation period has been, you know, a struggle, I, I feel like. I haven't read that much, honestly. It's been a lot of Netflix for me, and I bought a sewing machine, so I've been trying to figure that out. But right now, I'm reading Beloved by Toni Morrison, um, and that's a book that I actually read in high school, but I don't remember it you know, as much as I should. And it's kind of a classic in American literature. So I figured, I mean, I have the book already. Why not? So I started that and it's really good so far. And this other book, it's kind of more of like one of those self-help type of books. I've been reading off and on for a minute and have not finished. So it's called The Defining Decade why Your 20s Matter and How to Make the Most of Them Now by Meg J, who is a doctor, which makes me feel like she might have some insight. <laughs> um, but that's the other book I'm reading. But that one, I honestly need to like jump in and just kind of finish the book because it's been a minute. But um, yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. I'm just kind of curious what needs you're finding that reading is fulfilling for you right now. For me, I'm getting really burnt out on all of my social media, all the apps. I'm tired (laughs) of looking at my phone. Um, So for me, reading has been kind of a nice escape. I like to like sit outside when I read and Honestly, I don't go outside as much as I should. So it's a nice relaxation, just a way to like separate from the constant communication and kind of focus on myself and the story for a while. To piggyback off of that, that's pretty much what I've been doing with my reading. I'm still working nine to five and then attempting to keep somewhat of a normal routine every day so I don't go stir crazy in the house. Um, So trying to at least devote at least an hour or two hours in my day of where I'm just purely reading and not really looking at a screen, whether it be my phone or the TV or anything like that. And I've actually got a reading playlist on my Spotify that I just turn my stereo on and listen to my playlist while I'm reading, which everyone always asks me, they're like, how are you able to listen to anything while you read? And I'm like, I don't know, it actually keeps me more focused. So that's kind of something I do in like, you know, the obvious, you know, tea and candle combination is my my best friend, love doing that while I'm reading. And honestly, just the, like Samra said, the escape that it gives you, like with the selection series, like, you know, there's different genres of books and that's more of like, dystopian society i always like to say it's like a combination of cinderella the bachelor and the hunger games and so you know you kind of live in that world while you're reading that book and then i'll pick up my stay sexy and don't get murder book and then you're kind of living in that world so it kind of it gives you an escape to different almost dimensions if you will within each book to where you know you don't feel so much like you're trapped inside anymore because you're kind of exploring all these different things 
Do either of you have either favorite women writers or favorite favorite feminist books that you would recommend to our listeners while they are hunkered down? I've got one on my shelf, actually, that I I think it was given to me as a gift, but it's called All the Single Ladies by Rebecca Trace Trister. And honestly, I haven't read it, but from it's kind of like about unmarried women and the rise of an independent nation. It seems really good. And it says it was on the 100 notable books of the New York Times book review in 2016. So I'm assuming it's good. Uh, (laughs) If y'all want to check that one out, I just finished Becoming by Michelle Obama, and that's definitely a feminist read. Um, I loved it. So those are, I guess those are two good ones. Yeah. And for me, actually, this is also an exclusive from our podcast. Um, The next book that we're going to be covering in our next season is The More Than Enough book by Elaine Weltworth. And I've taken a peek into that one. I haven't gotten deep dived into it because I like the things to be fresh on my mind when we're talking about it. So that one is really good. It's very much feminist empowerment. And again, kind of a memoir into her life, which is amazing. So that's definitely one that I would recommend. I would love to hear you talk about your hopes for how She Well Read can embody your mission of empowering women to invest in themselves and each other. While we're going through each chapter, um, talking about, you know, the specifics of like what the author meant, how each chapter relates to us in our own lives. um, I think that it will kind of become like this natural conversation of, how to take what we're learning and applying it to our own lives and asking questions that relate to, I think, the goal of of the club in general. Right. And so really just like Samra was saying, deep diving into those topics and really wanting to develop this community where we're all talking about, you know, what's going on with all of us. Because Samra and I don't want this to be like about us. If we wanted that, that we just have a normal conversation and go to coffee or something. But we really want to hear from our audience, from anyone listening, that like what what is going on with you? What's going on in the world that you want to talk about? What are some topics and things just about womanhood that you want to discuss that maybe, you know, you don't get to discuss normally? Awesome. And when do you think that you'll release your first discussion episodes. So the goal right now is May 6th. That's when we plan to launch everything. Well, we'll see you in the potosphere. We're so excited. Thank you so much for having us, Adrian. It was a pleasure talking to you. This is so much fun. You can follow She Well Read on all the major social media platforms, including Pinterest and drop them a line at shewellread at gmail.com. If you want to read along with Samra and Alana's first book choice, be sure to snag a copy of Text Me When You Get Home or order it from 1977 Books and start reading. Oh, and Alana's reading playlist is also linked in the show notes. I want to thank all my guests for joining me today to talk about Reading for Liberation and their pandemic reading lives. I also want to give a huge shout out to my patrons on Patreon. Your support is invaluable today and every day. And thank you all for listening. Whether you are reading or not, I hope you are safe and well and being gentle and kind to yourselves. 
Our theme music is by Ava Luna and Loyalty Freak Music. Until next time, love yourself and love your buns. Goodbye. This has been a production of NOCO FM.